1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDIC. Oilers Now
0: with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630
2: Chad. And on the breakaway, McDavid! Good enough to find another word for it right now. And the century mark has been achieved in game 53.
0: Solidifies he's
2: one of the top players to ever play the game. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. McDavid, 500 points. I'm James Neal. They're They're trading heavy leather here. Leon Drysaddle from your Edmonton Oilers. Leon Drysaddle, one. Are still ahead here in Edmonton. This is Mike Smith. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. Yes, the Pulley Army back barring in! Zane made by Smith. And this is Oilers Now with Bob
1: Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, managed print services to keep your printing costs
2: down. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. The Edmonton Oilers clinched the playoff spot. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official
1: station of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty, Chad.
2: the sun
0: somehow seemed appropriate today welcome everybody bob Stoffer, brendan S. scott with you we got a lot of show let's get right after it. It's oilers now it's brought to you by digitex buyer lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office it and supplies we know this uh, the next three weeks well really started uh on Monday with the Duncan Keith trade, but it's going to be a busy time. There's no question about that. NHL organizations have to get their protected list in by the 17th. The expansion draft for Seattle's on the 21st, 23rd, and 24th. We're going to have uh, NHL draft coverage here on 630. Chad Reed Wilkins and myself will be uh, co-anchoring it. Uh, in a way, we go into free agency on the 28th. There's a lot out there right now. And uh, uh, we're going to bring Brendan Escott in in about 39 seconds' time. But we're going to tell you that Kevin Weeks will join us today for the NHL Network, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service electrical, prefabrication, and solar. And Kevin Weeks will join us today at 12.15. From NHL Hockey and Rogers... Uh, Edmonton regional uh, color analyst, longtime NHLer Louis DeBrusque at twelve thirty-five at one oh five today. One of my two radio play-by-play partners, Cam Moon, and the uh, as promised. Uh a chat conversation coming up with Oilers, Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright. That will be at 135. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more. We're on Twitter. At winners now, you can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet Brendan at Brendan Escott with uh, two E's and two T's. All right, Brendan, just before we go to Kevin Quinn on the River Cree Resort, or Kevin Weeks on the uh, River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, uh, what did you uh, come across, or did, what did somebody send you via Twitter, what, what's going on here?
1: Oh, well, the scuttlebutt today, and that to me is all this is, but uh, the conversation that I saw was there's a deal in place between Edmonton and Arizona uh, to send Koskinen to the desert in exchange for Phil Kessel. And I had to pause because I'm thinking, Bob, there's some players in Arizona that I think are well-suited for the Oilers moving forward. Phil Kessel is absolutely not one of them. So that took me by surprise.
0: Well, we've talked about potential top six ads. Uh, It took you by surprise. Yeah, I would... I would be stunned if, uh, I would not be stunned if Miko Koskinen ended up getting traded. And the Oilers might have to retain on that front. That's the way it uh, theoretically is going to work. There are organizations that are down to one goaltender right now. And uh, you can just put two and two together, what I'm saying there. Uh, But I'm with you on Arizona. Uh, The the other thing is, we know the Oilers are targeting a left wing. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, by all reports, TSN's Darren DeDrager reporting today that the Leafs have granted uh, Zach Hyman's agent, Todd Reynolds, permission to speak to other clubs, opening up the door for a trade of his rights before uh, free agency on the 28th, and dragger says there's considerable interest out there league-wide. I, let's, let's just cut the BS right here. Do I think the Edmonton Oilers would be interested in Zach Hyman all day? Absolutely. It's interesting. There are a lot of people out there that think at this stage of the game, Zach Hyman is a better player than Taylor Hall. Now, Zach Hyman's career high is like 41 points. Taylor Hall's won an MVP and had 93 points. I've had people say to me, it's the dimension and the difference of style of play that Hyman's sort of a, a relentless puck pursuer and is not necessarily a star. And I'm like, well, he's played with some good players in Toronto over the last few years. And it's not like he's had an abundance of playoff success. But I do believe Edmonton would be very interested in Zach Hyman. I still think Boston's going to sign Taylor Hall. Someone said, what about Jaden Schwartz? Um, Maybe. I don't think Tarasenko would be a fit here. Generally speaking, Russian players like to play in bigger cities. Um, You know, New York, potentially the Islanders. Maybe the Rangers, if they could move enough money out, I guess, in theory, Florida would make a little bit of sense. Uh, Gabriel Anaskog, I still think, at the end of the day, would ultimately sign with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So I think Edmonton's going for a little bit, at, no disrespect intended to Phil Kessel, who's won multiple Stanley Cups, but I think that uh, the orders would be targeting uh, bigger sort of players in the left wing. And then, conversely, you mentioned Arizona there's two guys in Arizona. The word on the street is that Arizona is totally open to making some moves. And, uh, basically the only untouchable there, and this is, you know, there's sort of been whispers in the industry. The only untouchable there is Jacob Chikrin. Potentially Oliver Ekman Larson could move here in the offseason. The Oilers do not need to go down that path. Ekman Larson had six years left in his deal. Edmonton stepped up, got Duncan Keith, a very, uh, contentious trade amongst the fans in oil country. And, uh, So, uh, but what about Christian Dvorak as a third-line center? Would have some time for Christian Dvorak as a third-line center. Mid-range price, pretty decent player, played for Dave Tippett before. That's the type of guy that might make uh, sense. Lawson Krause, some would say, if he's in your bottom six on the left side, he can kill penalties. He's big, he's not timid. That might be the type of guy that makes sense out of Arizona. Time will tell in that regard. Again, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Everything's back up and at him at the River Cree as the province got back up and at him. All of the restaurants, Tap twenty five, Italia uh, Fat Burger, they're all rolling at the River Creek Resort and Casino. Uh, they've also got uh, the patio, which is open for all ages, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. they got the biggest screen in the city with an upscale casual menu as well. The River Crete Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it. We go into... At this time, the odors now audio vault because it's another storyline that we're monitoring involving the Edmonton odors. It's brought to you by Direct Workwear, supporting local and Canadian manufacturers at Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. The former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning number 1 overall pick, 1983 NHL entry draft, started Octagon's player agency Brian Lawton on the show yesterday from the NHL Network. And, uh... I asked him point blank, where do you see it at right now with Adam Larson? The fact that nothing's been consummated, the general perception right now is that the Oilers will protect the following three defensemen that are under contract, and that would be Darnell Nurse, Duncan Keith, and Ethan Bear. Here's what Brian Lawton
2: had to say about Adam Larson potentially hitting the open market. You know, the word on the street in regards to Adam Larson is that Edmonton has made him a nice offer, a good offer, one that you know, is not, uh, is acceptable, quite frankly, but he wants to maybe test the market, see how the process is. He's never been through it. It's his opportunity to do that. Now, to me, that's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, and that's just a player that's not coming back. But that's kind of the word on the street as to what's happening there. I've also heard that certain teams are making big offers, this or the other thing. You always chuckle at that because he is property the no Oilers still. But at the same time, I've seen behind the curtain and how things work from both sides. So I understand that. Uh, But when a player doesn't give you an answer, I would always have a saying when we couldn't find something out from a player. As an agent or a GM, no answer is an answer.
0: All right, uh, there you have it. So, at this time, speaking of the NHL network, and for our friends of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, it's getting started here. But first, uh, we're going to give Kevin Weeks from the NHL network an opportunity. Kevin, your thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers acquisition of Duncan Keith?
1: Did we lose you, Kevin? Hello? Hey, Kevin, you there? I think it was great. Nice, hey, Hey, yep. how are you, man? Yep. yep. Good, buddy. Thank you. I would say, I think it was great. I thought if you're bringing somebody at Duncan Keith, that might not be the 27 year old Duncan Keith per se, but I know for a fact, Duncan Keith has been one of the fittest guys in the league. I look at how he conducts himself, the level of professionalism that he had, that he displays, his routine, pre-practice, in practice, post-practice recovery, non-game day, game day, pre-game, post-game. Those habits are going to be infectious to a young group. And as amazing as Connor and Leon have been, and awesome as they've been, and Darnell Nurse, who also has great work ethic, I think for people seeing the recipe that it takes to be a Hall of Fame lock that Duncan Keith is, and also the fact that, quite frankly, he's, uh, he's been able to scale Mount Olympus three times, obviously, with, with, with Chicago winning three Cups and a part of their dynasty, but also in what he's done in international play for Team Canada. So this is a walking how-to book for a lot of that team. And I can say this as well, like perhaps, I don't know if he ends up playing in the first pair or does he play in the second pair, but either way, I think he still has some good hockey left in him. And I love, in knowing him a little bit, I know that he has a little bit of a salty personality and he's going to want to prove the naysayer is wrong. And as much as as he's, as he said... You know, he loved his time in Chicago, of course. It, they'll have a statue of him out front of the arena but when it's all said and done. But he's also excited about his new chapter uh, for family reasons, as he stated, and for hockey reasons as well.
0: It's interesting because there's been a real animated discussion, and a little I mean, I've had – Significant hockey personnel reach out. I put a tweet out yesterday, and a couple of these fellows follow me uh, around the league, and uh, they're like, "That's a good ad for you guys." Like, you know, the orders need. And now I, I get it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but there there seems to be a little bit of a, and and maybe it's it's even generational. Like we have a lot of people that have great passion for the game and are young, and really run the numbers hard. And a lot of those individuals, as an example, Kevin, are one hundred percent totally against fighting in the NHL. Okay? Uh, It's just kind of like they trust the numbers, they love to win arguments, and they're completely against fighting. Now, I'm a guy that, frankly, if I was a little bit better at fighting, might have been able to play above the level that I got to. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, there's an old – and I got, I got a Louis de Bras coming up as well later on in the show, and there's an old saying, right? The guys that are prepared to fight are the guys that are prepared to lose one once in a while. And I still yep. think there's a place for, the ga- uh, for gamesmanship and competitiveness and those sort of things, but it's really tough to monetize – or to sit there and put out on a scrap, and I'm one of the guys as an analyst, Kevin, in the league ten years ago that uh, deployed analytics before some others got, yeah. you know, got with it. it. It is a, it's almost like to me, it's like if you're a little bit old school or older school, you got more time for Duncan Keith, and if, oh, yeah, totally. and, and I don't know about you, just the older I get, the more I realize the less I know, and when I was yeah, like 24, sure. or 25, I was a know-it-all. And I would never want to lose it. And I just sense that there's a little bit of the, like maybe there's a bit of ageism that's gone on here too. You know, do you ever, do you ever get that sense sometimes when you're exchanging some thoughts out there, people in the hockey, uh, you know, sort of uh, that fan relationship that takes place at times.
1: Yeah. Because everybody, you know, you try to, they try to uh, basically input the data and compute the numbers, run an algorithm and come out with what they feel is the likely result based on those numbers. And what you put in ultimately helps determine what you get out. And that's part of it. So a lot of times when people are, are trying to quantify what that looks like, you know, they're, they're inputting data and starting with the data, it's not always objective. And quite frankly, you know, if there's a lot of people that are around this game, and, and I've been fortunate, I say this every time I'm on the show or any show, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of the greats, a lot of them. And a lot, and, and unfortunate to play against a lot of them as well. But I played with a lot of the greats, and if you were asking me to quantify what made Roberto Luongo, Henrik Lundqvist, Marty Brodeur, um, you know, I can go down the list of the other guys that I played with. All of them are will be Hall of Famers. Marty St. Louis, Dave Andrechuk. Like, I, if you're going to ask me what made those players great and how we are going to quantify that. A lot of that I can't input into a calculator per se because a lot of the intangibles that they bring, tenacity, hunger, competitiveness, teamwork, um, you know, screw you attitude, I'm going to prove it to you, I'm going to prove it to you again. We're going in this building tomorrow, I'm Mark Messi, I'm going to prove it to you again. We're playing back-to-back, I'm going to prove it to you again. Duncan Keith. I'm going to prove it to you again. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, I mean, there's so much that isn't, necessarily quantifiable from a data standpoint. There's no stat chart that, that, that has a, a definitive number for character or for intensity or for toughness or for pursuit of greatness or commitment to excellence. And quite frankly, if you can't compute that uh, numerically, a lot of people discredit that and they're wrong because the numbers tell you a certain thing, as I mentioned, But these other intangibles that these players and these people have, quite frankly, they're just not quantifiable. And, I mean, you could look at that with Andre Vasilevsky. He's the best goalie on the planet. I spoke to two goalie coaches today, and I remember when they were drafting in 2012, their goalie coach, Franz Jean, in Tampa said, Weeksy, this is the guy, that's it. Nothing to talk about. I go, are you sure? I'm like, there's Malcolm Subban. He's just like, this is the guy. It's nothing to talk about. (laughs) But it isn't as much the numbers. The numbers are are a result of his work ethic, team best, uh, conditioning, and that's on a team including Stan Kose. commitment to fitness, commitment to recovery, uh, going on the ice early with the goalie coach every day, adding these different elements to his game to where he is now and still doing those things. Those things are hard to compute, and that's why I couldn't agree with you more.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. Uh, Pete, we we're getting people text us on the Ashley Fine Floors t- text line. Stop for your twisted words. We got no problem with Keith. It's that Chicago didn't eat the cap hit. Uh, it didn't didn't retain any of the cap hit. And, and it's like I'm thinking to myself, how many of these people were actually in on the conversation between Stan Bowman and uh, Ken
1: Holland? Like, well, let me jump in on that. Let me jump in on that. stuff. I'm glad that you you teed that up because. Here's the thing, okay? If you look at what Duncan Keith earns, relative to what he's done, relative to who he is and what I believe he still can do, there are other players that are third line players that are making five million dollars. And quite frankly, that are excellent. Don't get me wrong. I love Yanni Gordon Tampa. Yanni Gord, Barclay Goudreau, sure and uh and, and of course Blake Coleman. Those guys are amazing. They won the Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup final for them, along with Pat Lefty. Yes, Kucherov, but that line was the best line in the cup final, hands down, shift to shift, game to game, right? Right. Now, Goudreau hits UFA. Blake Coleman hits UFA. Now, if I'm running a club, do I really want Blake Coleman to be a $5 million guy? (sighs) Depending on where we are cap-wise. Would I love him a lot more in the fours? Of course. Right. But all that to say, if you're getting Duncan Keith for what you're getting him for, I don't care what stage of his career. It's not like there's a lot of turn that's left. And you're getting him at that number for Duncan Keith when there's other players. I mean, look at Charlie Coyle. I love what Charlie Coyle could and should be, but he leaves me wanting a lot more for what he is at slash isn't in Boston. And he isn't around five. So who would you rather have at this stage, Charlie Coyle or Duncan Keith? I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty simple to me. Well, so I, I'm, I'm, bullish. I'm bullish on the Duncan Keith yeah, position. And again,
2: so. how
0: do you know that Stan Bowman didn't sit there and say, you know what, no, I'm not retaining any money because we've already paid out 7.4 of the 11 real million dollars that's left in the deal, right. and so I'm just not going to trade him, and you're not going to get the guy. And you did. And then we have fans say, Kevin, well, you should have waited a day. You could have gotten Ryan Suter, or you could have gotten Keith Yandel. Both, uh, well, Suter's certainly an American player. Yandel played his junior hockey in Canada, but an American mm-hmm. as well. And we have to be pragmatic, Edmonton's got a better chance Edmonton's got a better chance, in my opinion, at Canadians, Swedes, than maybe some American yeah. players. That's just the reality of the situation. You know that, Kevin, from when you played.
1: Yeah, of course. And, and and here's the thing too, I think, you know, as you continue, as the oil continue building, remember the Edmonton Oilers have been and certainly on the strength of what they did in the eighties up until the last cup in ninety with Ranford and Mess, and, and that group, the Edmonton Oilers became a global brand and they became a global brand long before we even talked about global branding the way we do today. But they did so by way of Slats and the rest of the crew and the way they ran the team and the success that they had and the amazing players that they had and what they did, right? And now as you're trying to rebuild and you're building, now you've got Leon Dreisidel, okay? So now you've got Leon that's that's going to go down as the best German player in the history of the league. He's going to have some influence on German and or maybe even Swiss players. You know, obviously, Connor McDavid, you have. Connor's also the best player on the planet, too. So now, more people are going to be drawn to want to play with him. Now, you've got Darnell on the back end, who happens to be a black player, who I thought had an amazing season, as I told you all year. Should have been in Norris Trophy finalists, for sure. You start adding that, and the team is doing better. You have a brand-new building, which is one of the best buildings in sports. Now, you're starting to run it like a proper top-end group again. And as you're doing that over time, to your point, off, you're going to get more, more guys, suspense, you're gonna get more you're gonna guys. Get more people, more people, are get, because they're going to say, oh, the brand of the Oilers. Oh, OK. Now this is back. The Oilers brand is back. OK, now they're cutting edge. Now they're doing things that are a lot more contemporary. OK, now I, I'm starting to understand the picture. And that's the best way to build that and continue to amplify who they are. And, and that'll make them more attractive
0: one final one for you kevin weeks for canadian power pack kevin we got about a minute here zach mm-hmm. the irony is duncan keith has got like i've got people saying oh Stoffer, you were bullish on uh, lucic and i i thought well for four years he'd be good he'd fall off turn yeah. out he fought yeah. he fell off in, it late in the second season and what it wasn't the same player different type sure. of player with duncan keith uh that said duncan's only got two years left in the deal now conversely mm-hmm. zach hyman Zach Hyman's likely to get overpaid and overturned
1: because, he, because he's
0: right. got that. Do you not agree with that?
1: Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with that. And I, I've, I've known Zach Hyman since he was a kid. Um, you know, look, I, I, I think that the Leafs put themselves in a needless predicament by way of how they chose to handle some of their contracts. And I was just talking to somebody, as I mentioned, one of the NHL goalie coaches I spoke to earlier today. Right from when Austin Matthews came out and hit the world with a Kit-Kat, four, four goals, Kit-Kat bar, bam, first NHL game, debut against the Senators. You knew what you had. I mean, I grew up in Toronto. I, I, I saw those players that I grew up idolizing. More importantly, I got to play against a lot of them, playing against the Leafs. They've never had a guy like him. With all due respect to the great Doug Gilmore and the great Matt Sundin and the great Boy Salmon, who clearly I didn't play against. But I played against Dougie. I played against... That's two of the best hall of famers. Amazing. But what Austin Matthews did at his age and what he's done today is unprecedented in Leafs history. Right. So right off the hop, you should have been proactive, signed him to the proper deal, right off the hop. You wait, you delay, you try to get cute. You wait, you delay, you try to get cute. Then you get Nylander in and around the sixes, which is a good value for a really good player. Then you go and do John Tavares, which you didn't necessarily need, but you really wanted. And you do him at 11 times seven or whatever it is. Well, now you've got to back up the truck for, for Mitch Barner. And, of course, you had to back it up even further for Austin Matthews. So they put themselves in a tough spot. Had they managed that better, they probably would have the money to be able to sign a Zach Hyman. But as it stands, they can't do it. And the marketplace, and, and for the people we talked to, we saw the impact of Barclay, Goudreau, and Blake Coleman. Right. So people look at Zach Hyman in that ilk and say, like, all right, they, we saw what Yanni Gordon that line did. Zach Hyman's a guy that we're, we know we need to go deep. And here's one of the things that I often say on your show for a lot of the Oiler fans out there. Think back to when the Oil were at their best. I don't care if you want to talk about the cup run against the Canes or if you want to talk about the 80s. Don't only look at the stars, stars, and superstars. Look at the glue guys. Look at Fernando Passani. Look at Jason Smith, Gator. Look at Charlie Huddy. Look at... Um, other guys that they had in that group, that's a and who I played with earlier in my career. Those guys were hard to play games. They were gamers. They were winners. Yes. Deserved. So Fierzy or Ranford and, and Gretz and Mess and those guys, Glenn Anderson, Curry, they got, but those guys, and I've spoken to every one of them, they will tell you, and I played with mess and I played with T, Tee, with Tikan. they will tell you how important those players were to their success. So as the oil go forward, they're going to need some of those pieces not dissimilar to what Tampa did. Tampa had the superstars like the Oilers used to, but they had to fill out the support the support pieces like the Oil have now. Yep. But they have to continue to round out the support pieces to go deep in the postseason. Awesome stuff, Kevin. We've got to run the news. Thanks for joining us all right thanks buddy thanks for having me on take care fans thank you
0: all right that's Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service electrical prefabrication solar it is 12 30 in Edmonton right now off to a global news weather traffic update Eileen Bell Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad